Hi, this is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. This podcast is all about macroeconomics. It's what's going on in the world around us and what it is can possibly do for us or to us. And welcome. This is an educational show. I want to just give you facts, figures, and some of my opinions so that you can make your own personal informed investing decisions. Hi, this is Tom Harvey bringing you the post-Brexit briefing. So I want you to know what's going on in Europe and the UK after Brexit is done. The UK has left. January 31st has come and gone. The UK is its own nation and has lots of big ties right now that you'll find about some of them uh, with the EU. There was a lot of talk before Brexit that went on. Uh, Both sides were passionate. Uh, The the Leavers and uh, the Remainers, they had a battle royal, given that uh, there's a queen in this country that's appropriate to call it a battle royal, on what was going to happen with Brexit. Well, all of that, uh, the world is going to stop, the UK is going to fall off of a cliff, was a fizzle. Nothing happened. The world kept going. Uh, so, but so be it. Uh, I can give you a personal story. Christine and I fly from Dublin to the UK. We've done it twice so far. And uh, you fly, uh, you get off the airplane, you walk in, you pick up your bag and you walk out. Nobody says boo to you. Nobody looks at your passport. Nobody does customs. Nobody does anything. Uh, nothing has changed. It may change in the future, but nothing has changed right now of uh, coming in from Dublin to the UK to London airports. Very, very interesting. Well, the thing, what has happened since it? Let's talk about it a little bit here. Let's see. The um, uh, the pound has gone up. It's strengthened a bit. That's kind of good. Uh, unemployment is down. I mean, employment is up. That's good. It's a good, it's a good strong economy going on there. Uh, there's no food shortages at all, but people promise that there would be, that there's slow changes happening. Um... But the big deal is, in my opinion, the big, big, big deal is trade. And that is, a uh, there is an agreement between the EU and, and the UK that by December 31st, 2020, they will come to an agreement on trade. In other words, what are the, what's the trade deal? Right? Well, there is a huge amount of uh, verbal uh, negativity going on within the EU about being very upset that the UK left. They don't want to do, there are some people there that don't want to do a deal with the Brits on trade. They want to hurt them. They want to punish them, etc., etc. My personal opinion is that the UK is holding all the cards in this game of poker. Uh, We have a very good friend who lives just outside of London and is very quick to point out that if you look around London, about half of the cars are German-made. They're Mercedes and BMW and Volkswagen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, great, good cars, and, they, and the uh, Brits love to drive them. Well, if you're Angela Merkel, you do not want to jeopardize your trade with the UK on selling cars and selling a million other things either. Uh, Germany's economy is on the, the downside. It looks like it might be falling into recession right now. Uh, you don't want to do anything that's going to screw that up. So uh, that that doesn't look good. Uh, but because of the negativity within the EU, 
my personal feeling is that there will not be a deal by the end of the year, but we'll see. It's personal feeling. Who knows? I hope there is a deal, and I hope it's a good deal for everyone because trade is good, period. Everyone wins when there's a good trade deal. When everyone actually agrees to it, it's done. Um, and also, who's driving the agreement? Well, first of all, companies are. Companies want to make profit. They have to do trade. Uh, they will push hard, hard, hard for a good trade deal. They will not don't want things to stop selling. And that means that there's pressure on the national leaders like Angela Merkel or Macron in France that uh, will say, do a deal, darn it. And they have power over the EU. They actually hold more power than the EU does in this. So they could bring the hammer down on the EU. Uh, and common sense in the bottom line of all this is common sense will apply. So let's hope it all comes to it. Please stay tuned. On the second half of this, I'm going to talk about troubles within the EU itself about Brexit. Welcome back. Okay, now I would like to talk about what's going on in the EU itself, outside of the UK. So what is happening there in the UK? I'd say the EU is having a big problem today. It's Brexit is just in the recent past, right? It just recently happened. But the EU is now struggling with their budget. You see, Britain used to be a major, major, major provider of money into the EU. And the EU is now sees a big hole, hole, a great big hole in their budget. And so they're <clears throat> discussing that is the polite way to say that. In reality, there are two camps. There is, a, uh, interestingly enough, a camp of austerity people who said, gee whiz, if we don't have as much money, we shouldn't spend as much money. And that's being led by uh, Denmark and, uh, and uh, with the support of uh, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Finland. So those northern countries are saying, hmm, nah, you got to pull in your belt if you don't have enough money. <clears throat> Whereas uh, all the other countries, and that's the majority, want to have more money, <clears throat> not less money. So it sounds like a normal uh, government. They want to spend more money. Like, for example, in France, definitely wants to spend more money because French farmers are heavily subsidized by the EU. And so they want more money for their farmers. Understand that. Eastern Europe it was a net receiver of money in the EU. That was part of the big plan. They want more money. The Southern European countries like Greece, Italy, Spain, Portugal, those, they want more money. They, they don't have a sustainable economy. Those are kind of weak economies. So they're, <clears throat> that's kind of the way it looks right now. Now, in the historically looking at it, Margaret Thatcher, bless her, in her day when she was faced with the EU and they were negotiating new treaties, came over and negotiated a rebate for the UK. So the UK paid a bunch of money, but the EU paid some money back to the UK. <clears throat> she was a strong negotiator. I would say Europe needs more strong leaders like that. Uh, and it turns out <clears throat> some of those uh, austerity countries are now picking up the mantle of Thatcher and are being a stronger. So good for them. It's kind of interesting to watch the struggle within the EU occur. Um, so so now more people want more money. Uh, I would say that there is going to be a uh, royal battle 
they'll people will try to negotiate differences. But what's the real solution here? I mean, <clears throat> what's the difference between the EU and the United States, for example? Uh, they both have enormous budgets. Uh, and in the United States, the solution to the problem is to have enormous deficits, which means bigger and bigger debts. In the EU, I see that as the solution because it's easy. Uh, politicians all look for easy solutions. Of course, it could lead to a major disaster in the future, and the EU set itself up for one with all of its negative interest rates, of course, anyway. So they have set the uh, fuse alight. They might as well just add more fuel to it and add a little more powder around it so when it goes, it goes even bigger. So why not deficit spend? That's my suggestion for the EU. Uh, because uh, when the uh, it all blows up and the big reset happens in the world, uh, the EU will be a big part of that. The United States will be a big part of that. The entire globe will be a big part of that. Uh, or do other nations see that coming? I would say yes, especially as you look at other nations purchasing gold for their central banks. So uh, nations, you know, the, the reserve currency of the world is the United States dollar. And it is strong right now, but with all of this deficit spending, it could become very weak. And so moving out of dollars and into gold seems like a very smart thing to do if you're not in the United States. So places like China, Russia, and many, many other nations, and many in Europe are buying gold, which is one of the reasons of many that the gold is going up. So I wish you a wonderful time. I'll be coming back with more podcasts in a while. Thank you for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast reader to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I am an investor myself, not a financial advisor. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade, and we disclaim any responsibility for any negative effects of actions people might take.